Welcome, everybody, to the podcast that has no name. Still. Still. No we, Man's Podcast. No Man's... No Man's Podcast. No Man's Podcast. I am John Brents, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts... I'm the loveliest, Howard Pinsky. I'm Eddie, and I like to party. I'm Tim, and I suck at gaming. And that was a consensus that we came up with last time, because, yeah, you, you don't know much about gaming in general. I'm not bad, good. Bad Gamer Tim on Twitter now. We officially. went back to the beach and found him again. I did. Here he is. Yeah, I found Twitter. I made it. Bad Gamer Tim. <laughs> so we're going to talk about a lot of things, uh, including, uh, we're going to start with a topic, because there is this ever-expansive universe where I can't find anything that I keep crashing in, and it's No Man's Sky. Uh, are any of you playing No Man's Sky right now? I am playing it. Well, I was playing it a lot, and then we had people come over to, that are staying with us, so I stopped playing it, but, yeah. What you, yeah, wait, that, was, that was a sigh. That was a pretty sad They're sad. <laughs> you don't want those people to be there. Yeah, what, 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 how do you feel about No Man's Sky right now? I'm very conflicted. Um, I, I love these types of games. I love exploring things, and I love finding planets and creatures and wobbling blobs with mohawks, as you may have seen me Jurassic upload Park. to my channel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but I feel kind of disappointed because there was so much that was promised in this game that they kind of just didn't put in the game. Wait, what do you mean? Is this another fable scenario? Is this... Uh, yeah, maybe. You know, they know promised... That, I don't know that I would go that far. Like, fable promised some pretty lofty things. It was like, you know how you live in life? That will yeah. happen in fable. It's like, <laughs> it's like real life, but a video game, but real life. Wait a second. Your so decisions about... impact the game, meaning that when you talk to somebody and you respond with one of three predetermined answers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not, yeah, it definitely wasn't Second Life, which is, you know, a, a, technically a Second Life, because, you know. Yeah, I that's like, like an MMO, really. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's but only I, so much. You can like, sell real estate in that game. You but can. I guess, what were you expecting in No Man's Sky? And I'll, I'll, I'll toss in my thoughts on it, too, here in a second. But what, what was missing from it? I mean, for me... I, I love the exploration. So I've been, I think I have 30 hours played so far and just seeing different planets and visiting things. For me, that's, I, that's worth my $60 right there. But you know, multiplayer was promised. They said, if you do happen to stumble upon a planet that someone else is on, you'll be able to see them, interact with them. And then there were actually two streamers. No, 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 they fixed it. What do you mean they fixed they it? They found each other. <laughs> Can they see? Could they, they found see each, each other. other. Yeah, it was, it was it was confirmed that it was a server issue. I think Eddie's lying. No, I'm I'm completely serious. They found each other, and then like the world rejoiced. Like really? Could they? they could, yeah. Well, hang I mean, on, fact check. They could, they could interact. They could interact as far as like, oh hey, there's a guy. Oh, I mean, it's not like the game offers that much. Like right now, it's literally just like. Go places, see things, potentially name those things. Yeah. That's kind of the game right now. So, yeah, yeah. For, I mean, yeah, that's definitely the game. And you can try to, you know, get to the center of the galaxy, which people have done. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but it's not very... I want it to be just like a gigantic baby's head. You would. <laughs> that would be the center of the universe. Hang on a second. This reminds me of a movie. Uh, is it Secret of the Use? TMNT 2? I think that oh, might be the movie yeah. I'm thinking of. Uh, no, okay, so No Man's Sky is essentially, it's for those of you who haven't played it, haven't watched it, you need to. You need to at least see this thing because it's absolutely brilliant execution. How many planets are in this thing? 18 quintillion. That is a number that I, take. I don't know what that number is. What does that mean? I don't even know what that it's means. It's a theoretical number based on an algorithm that was created for this game. So really, 
We don't know how many planets are in the game. No, which, and we're never going to find out. Right, and Eddie broke me, because you were the one who told me, I think it was a few days ago, You, if you started playing from birth... Yeah. Till the day you die, let's say you and live. All you did, if, if you visited a planet like every single second, for every second of your life, from birth to death, you still wouldn't find every single planet. Well, I have a child on the way, so that's so. going to be the goal <laughs> of them, my child. Them off here, your, your, your baby better have some serious motor skills right out Oh, it game. will. Oh, it you will. <laughs> I'm already training it. <laughs> and it's five months away. It just pokes yes. the belly. Yeah. Just like, maybe, All right. maybe you should maybe you should get it starting to play now. Give it that extra five months head start, you know, because that might be necessary <laughs> to find every single planet based on what we're hearing. I don't know how I would get. Uh, a laptop. I mean, I'll let you worry about. You can worry about the logistics. There are nano controllers now. We can figure it out. <laughs> All I heard was head start. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. Uh, so you know, but here's the thing: is like No Man's Sky. The way it's positioned in the gaming sphere is it's very uh, close to Minecraft in structure. It's ever expansive world. Never really an end to this game. Even though there's this semi story throughout where you can either find a deity or you can just find materials, whatever it might be. It's very much like Minecraft. Mm. Do you think that it will have the impact that Minecraft has had on youth-based culture? Will it have it for maybe an older, because I feel like you have, it, it is really meant for older gamers, this game. Um, do you think it'll have a similar impact on the web? Well, currently there's not, I mean, it's the exploration is the, the core of the game, right? And like, if people get tired of that, then it'll probably drop off. But I think that in regards to this title, uh, PC gamers might stick with it longer. Console is probably going to drop off a lot faster. And I say that primarily because if you think about it, it's not that far off from like an MMO mm -hmm. and that there is no end goal or rather like they continue adding things for you to do. So you have World of Warcraft players that have been playing it for, you know, a decade or so now and uh, they've stuck with it. So I think that like in MMOs have not had the same kind of success on consoles. So if it picks up steam on PC and, and you know, they continue. Steam. It yeah. picks up steam and, on steam. Yeah. Well, here, here's like a, an awful thing I saw. It was like they've dropped, uh, their sales have dropped 81% in the past. Yeah, but that's well, normal. That's normal, I think. I, I think it'll probably pick back up once like the first expansion comes out. Um, honestly, something I think that could really benefit, this game could really benefit from though, especially on PC, is if there was like a modding scene. And there is, out. yeah. Like Reddit.com/slash/r/slash No Man's Sky mods. I'm on there every day. Well, like, are they adding, are there. they adding like new content to the game, or is it tools and stuff right now? Because I feel like it's mostly tools and modifications. One of the bigger ones is the um, low flying mod, where you can actually low fly, like basically right on the planet, which you can't do now. It mm -hmm. auto jolts mm -hmm. you up. Yeah, um, and that lets you fly through caves and stuff like that, which is really cool. Call me when they add the Randy Savage's face on top of every creature in the game mod. Now that's <laughs> that was uh, that was probably the high point of uh, Oblivion for me was the Randy Savage dragons. So. <laughs> every time so you interact with them, oh yeah, yeah. snap uh, into a slim jam, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. 
Um, cream of the crop. So, is, do you think there's room for more expensive games? Because Minecraft took over YouTube, it took over everything, and it still sells a ridiculous number of copies on console and PC to date, which I didn't know there's still people to buy this game. Yeah, but people like Legos. Minecraft is like Legos. It's like a different type of game. Right. You know, like, it's more interactive. I think that once Snowman Sky becomes a more interactive game, like, think of it like EVE Online, right? Mm-hmm. Like, EVE still has a ton of people who play it. You might not ever hear of those people because all they do is play EVE, but, like, it's turned into this game that's got, like, an actual ecosystem and, like, it's really expansive and it's been going on for forever. No Man's Sky, I think, has that kind of potential, but it's always going to have a niche. I don't think it's ever going to be as, like, wide-reaching as Minecraft is because Minecraft is essentially... I mean, it's got a game element to it, but it's essentially Legos. You can make anything you want, and that's the appeal to it. Yeah, I was going to bring that up as well. If you take No Man's Sky and then made it with Eve and maybe something like Star Citizen or Elite Dangerous. Mm -hmm. Now we're talking because you have an actual storyline, which you can argue No Man's Sky has one, but it really doesn't. And then you can interact with people in this multiplayer expansive universe. You can join factions, which apparently was supposed to be in No Man's Sky when it released. It's not there. So there's, there's a lot of potential, but it's not, it's not something I see myself playing in a month from now unless they release more content. Mm, so should a person stream it now? Should a person be streaming No Man's Sky or should well, they invest in the content around No Man's Sky? I, I think it depends on what you're trying to do. Like, I think if you set out with a goal uh, for what your stream is going to be, like, I wouldn't watch somebody just, like, play it with no real, like, end, end game, right? But if it's somebody who's, like... Like that guy who played for like 30 hours just on the same planet, exploring the entire planet and doing stuff. That That's kind of interesting to me. It's like I like the, ex- the exploration aspect. So if you're like, my goal is to find as many planets in the course of like this period of time. I'm not really going to like land on them all, but I want to find them. Like that would be something cool because then you can kind of keep track and quantify like what you're doing through the course of the stream. But just watching somebody run around for like an hour with no real like objective that's not attractive i don't think so what you're describing is a lot you know we work a lot with our clients we talk about making your stream an event every single time just just going on the air just capturing something we don't see growth from i don't see that anywhere you know when i'm working with a client if they're just capturing their gameplay uh walkthroughs are a dime a dozen at this point on the platform there's far too many of them so it's turning your stream into an event it's turning your content into an event looking for you know for example you know with the uh, people who seek out uh, the very rare achievements and they log that it's similar to when people were hunting the shiny pokemon in this one you know let's explore you can spend the entirety of a game on a single planet in this world and just like how expansive is this title really uh, showcasing that are interesting approaches i mean are there other you know ideas that you might have for you know no man's sky for how you could turn it into uh something that is searchable that people could experiment for the people who are playing it heavily mods i know i know the scene is very small right now but look at minecraft there's a huge community of people who are doing and showcasing minecraft it's mods the same thing with grand theft auto yeah and exactly kind of and, and with the modding community being so small and growing quickly on No Man's Sky, now it's probably a good time to get in. That's really smart, because when I look at like the success of popular MMOs, Captain Sparkles, all these people who are early adopters to Minecraft on YouTube, mm-hmm. they focus heavily on mods, mini games, things that have high search volume capacity, 
uh, and are constantly evolving. So really good point. And now I'm going to go do that on Reddit because I didn't know there was a modding community for No Man's Sky and I've had my fair number of issues with the game of not feeling like, oh, I'm really there. So maybe one, that will be the option. Yeah, and one more thing I want to I want to bring up about No Man's Sky is that even though it's a procedurally generated game and universe, it doesn't feel like there's that much to explore. You land on, I've landed on, I don't know, several dozen planets, maybe close to 100 already. All and right, I find well, the same... Bragging, you're doing, you're <laughs> whatever. Yeah. I'm an explorer. I'm Dora. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I see the same buildings on almost every single planet, the same creatures, the same variation of rocks and everything, and it's like, I want to see something well, different. This is, what I, this is what I was kind of arguing with Adam when we were talking about the game beforehand, because he was very into this, like, oh, you'll never be able to see anything, or everything, and there's going to be... I feel like I have stuff. seen everything. And that's what I said. I'm like, you know, there's a finite amount, even if it's procedurally generated, there's a finite amount of assets in the game that they can draw from to, like, build this stuff. Like, even Spore, eventually, people saw pretty mm. much everything worth seeing in Spore, and this game uses the same kind of, like, generation algorithm for its creatures, from what I understand. Um, so it's interesting to hear that you feel that way, because that was a concern that I had about the title going, going into it. It was like you're probably going to start seeing a lot of the same stuff and everyone's going to, everything's going to feel repetitive to you even yeah. if it isn't actually repetitive. So the key is then finding, okay, what are the mods? What are the differentiations? What are the things that can create these unique experiences for the viewer? Um, or is it just a showcase that the world is actually all just the same? The further you go into the universes around, it's just like, oh yeah, if you want to go down that deep path, that's a neat thought of just like, everything is the same. Now we're getting philosophical. No, I know, that's what <laughs> I'm just like. I'm like, like I'm yeah, yeah, just, just give me Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't need the, the in-depth story. You know? <laughs> Meanwhile, I float <laughs> off into another area of the room. Um, so, okay, so, you know, No Man's Sky, yay or nay, around the room. For the most part, yay. I, there's a lot of potential, and I think in a month or two, it'll be a much bigger yay. We'll come back to it. There you go. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm kind of waiting it out still to see what they do with it, but I, I'm not a nay. I'm just kind of like, I'm in, the, I'm in the middle, you know? There you go. Tim, what do you think? I've been thinking about getting it because I need a new game to be terrible at. And it sounds like I might not be terrible at this. You're not so even done being terrible at Uncharted. I know, though. that's true. That's <laughs> pretty There's big. a lot more to be terrible at. Uh, I say experiment with it, play it. If you, if you have the opportunity to, it's the very the very first opening of being stranded on a planet and trying to find your way off was very compelling to me, and I thought mm -hmm. that was very interesting. And then seeing Expansive Universe was very interesting. So I say give it a shot and look at the modding community. All right, so this past week there was actually... Uh, Huge thing going on with Riot Games, uh, and they were having a lot of control over their esports and stuff like that. People were worried about getting paid and all these things, and just like there's a lot of sponsorships that float in the gaming space. Period. So lots of people want to get in. You know, mm -hmm. it's very lucrative for creatives in the space to take sponsorships. But I want to have a, a short discussion about you know sponsorships. When should I take them? When should I not take them? What's, you know, the best ways to look at that, so. And who wants to sponsor me? And who wants to sponsor Tim? Get in on the ground floor with this guy. Because you know, one day he'll graduate to big. Tim, the Just Okay the, Gamer. You know, Speedo and, just dropped that Olympic athlete. I think oh yeah, Tim, Ryan you would look. Oh, yeah. I, would, yeah, I could look good in a Speedo. Speedo Gaming? Who knows? Yeah, not sponsored, by the way. <laughs> not sponsored. <laughs> Want to be sponsored? We're working on it. Hashtag not so, sponsored. Somebody Hashtag looking for sponsors. Somebody Hashtag give us a call. <laughs> So uh, I guess navigating the sponsor space, you know, 
let's say sponsor X comes to you. What are the things you should be considering as a content creator, as a creative, as a gamer, uh, if a sponsor comes to you and says, I want to put my brand in your content? What are some of the things you should be thinking about? Well, my first, and I know like the immediate thing is people will get blinded by money a lot of times, especially when you're trying to turn a career out of this. Um, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there that are taking deals just because they see the dollar signs in front of them and not really considering like what that means for their channel. Uh, I would say first and foremost, make sure that it aligns with the brand that you're trying to build. And if you don't know what that brand is, uh, maybe you should take some more time to figure that out before you start jumping into the sponsorship place space because that'll help you kind of develop where you're gonna go with future sponsors, uh, what the overall goal of your channel is, et cetera, et cetera. But I think like making sure that it aligns with your brand and your ideals is uh, probably the most important first step. You know, I would second that as well. It's just making sure you do your own brand's due diligence of who you stand for and the person who's approaching, do they align with what you are trying to create? Uh, with your content, or is it simply a you know plug and play answer? Just just like oh, can you promote brand X? It doesn't really fit. Do you feel like audiences react positively to that? Negatively? I typically see just negative response to that. Well, I think it depends on your content. I've got uh, I've got partners that I work with that do a wide variety of content. They're a little bit less discriminant about who they work with, and their uh, viewers don't seem to mind that so much. But at the same time, if you're building out a channel that's like you know, a Call of Duty channel and you're known for being the Call of Duty guy and you've never prepped anybody for playing other types of games or content that isn't necessarily Call of Duty focused and all of a sudden you do a, some kind of sponsorship deal or a brand deal or something for something that isn't Call of Duty related, that's where you're gonna see a lot of backlash. So um, yeah, you gotta make sure you know your audience in that sense too, but that goes along with like how you build out your brand and thinking about how that's gonna align with the rest of your content. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I deal with this, well, I used to deal with this a lot when I was running my YouTube channel that focuses on Photoshop training. And I would have a lot of opportunities from companies that have nothing to do, like someone at one point messaged me, they wanted to offer me quite a bit of money to advertise wine, their wine club. Mm -hmm. And I just said, there's you nothing know, like wine and Photoshop. I yeah, the Photoshop tutorial. Although you know, yeah. <laughs> drinking <laughs> wine and designing is something that helps me. I don't, you know, I can't promote wine, but <laughs> <laughs> where is this going? Um, it didn't fit well with my audience, which was typically younger kids, and it was it would be very difficult to start off a video. Hey, this is you know a Photoshop tutorial brought to you by wine. You know, it's, yeah. it's very it just doesn't meld properly. But at the same time, you know, if if a company comes to me and they're offering graphic design services or plugins for Photoshop or something, that kind of starts to make sense. Then I can start that conversation. Mm. So how do, I guess, how, how do brands find you? Like, uh, how's, what, what is the best means of, like, say, let's say you've gone through the brand exercise of your own brand, rather, and you know, here's what I'm trying to create. Uh, you know your content slate. You know you have openings for sponsors to be inserted. What is the best means for them to get in touch with you? Well, I guess it depends on how you operate your channel. Yeah. Usually if you're part of a network, the network will help surface deals for you. So having a good relationship with your partner manager and kind of expressing what your goals are and what your strategies are and what you wanna do uh, can add a lot to that. I know here we, we do a lot of development with our channels or we try to do a lot of development to figure out what those things are so that when our sales team goes out and looks for brand opportunities, we know exactly who to pair them up with. 
Um, and the other thing too is if you're just independent and you're trying to build this stuff out, make sure your contact information is available and like you have a, a good description on your channel of like what your what your channel is about, what you're about, what you're willing to do because that'll help people kind of figure out whether you're somebody they should be working with or not and it gives them a point of contact. Yeah, and if you're at a point where you think you're ready for brand deals and you're not getting any bites, then feel free to reach out to them directly. I've seen a lot of people you know, companies all the time advertise with creators across the board and they'll just shoot them a tweet or shoot them an email privately and say, hey, I've got a decent size audience, things are growing, I have a really interesting project which you should outline in detail. Would you be interested in sponsoring me? Mm -hmm. And just, and just a, a, as a note on the scale side of it, it's just like, you know, when you do have larger numbers on platforms, it is easier to gain those brands' attention. But know that sponsorships aren't the key to building out your content from day one. Uh, the big thing is maintaining what is that piece of content you are creating on your platform that you can guarantee to your audience that stands behind your cause or your reason for creating content. So always start with why is usually what I, lot of, I coach a lot of my uh, clients through and, you know, some of the folks here in the office I talk about this a lot, uh, start with your why statement and then bridge out because brands, although they will be perceptive to, oh, wow, large numbers, oh, you have great viewership, etc., they are open to working with content creators who directly align with what they stand for. So note that that is not the key. Start with the content and then move forward. Yeah, coming up with that solid base is, for me, the key. And I, I often tell people who are just starting off on YouTube or just starting off on whatever and they start asking about money, I usually recommend don't even think about sponsorships right away. Build that base of your content, make sure it aligns with your audience, make sure it sends a message and then start to branch into money opportunities. Yeah, and if you're starting a channel and the why is I wanna make money, you should probably find another why. <laughs> yeah, very few people get to the point where they're making a lot of money just overnight. It always starts with a business plan. It always starts with decent content. That's correct. That's valuable insight all around the table, mm -hmm. which I'm hoping that valuable insight will carry over to a commuting question oh. that we received. Um, so as you uh, might recall this past week, so uh, Beam.co is a new streaming service uh, that's tied to Xbox. Mm -hmm. And they are entering into a market which has tons of other streaming services currently in the place. There's Twitch, there's YouTube Gaming, there's Mob Crush, there's all these different places where people can stream now. The question was, where should I stream? Where should I go? I guess, uh, what are your perspectives on like streaming services? Or should you lean into one? Should you lean into multiple? What are your thoughts, guys? Uh, I am the type of person that doesn't believe in limiting yourself. So I think that, especially if uh, streaming is gonna be kind of like a forefront of what you're trying to do with your online presence and with the, the content you're creating, um, making it so that you can build out a broader audience is really important. And a lot of people who watch streaming content uh, or don't necessarily sit on every single platform. A lot of them will just be on one platform and dedicate their time to that platform. Think of it kind of like a, a TV station almost uh, or, or a cable provider. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's a bad analogy, but uh, flipping from channel to channel as you're done watching that kind of content. So I, I think that spreading yourself out is uh, really important. If you can find a way to uh, build your streaming strategy into multiple platforms, it's something that I would recommend doing. Multi-platform. Multi, everybody says multi-platform, so... It's a big, it's a big uh, buzzword. But it's a big buzzword, especially around the, the tech community and everything. And one thing that I actually experimented with recently was 
trying a, a service called Restream.io, mm-hmm. which uh, if you use OBS or XSplit or one of these other broadcasting solutions, what you do is you connect to Restream.io and it will send your signal out, much like connecting to a satellite, to all these different streaming services, whatever you want to do. So you do one hour stream and it's broadcasting on YouTube, it's broadcasting on Twitch, it can That's broadcast cool. on Beam. So you can essentially pivot out to all these multiple audiences uh, they do have a chat service, and this isn't an ad, by the way. This is me experiencing it. Um, they have a chat module that you download, and it will pull all the chats from these services into a singular feed. That's so you can see nice. who's communicating from Twitch, who's communicating from YouTube. Now, if you are a partner with Twitch or YouTube Gaming, uh-huh. it's against their terms of service to do this. To send on multiple because they are exclusive platform right. wise. Um, if you aren't a partner, though, I think it's you know to Eddie's point, it's just all about diversifying your business and seeing where does your audience rest. Yeah, and it, when you get to the point where you're about to sign up with a partnership for somebody, or if that's like the what you're going to be doing going forward, like that's the next step in your strategy. Um, do your research on which platform works best for you. Don't don't think too much about like strictly the money aspect of it. Think about the features that are available to you. Think about how many people are watching you on each different platform and go with the one that makes the most sense for the content that you're creating. Mm-hmm. And then each of the platforms have their own different services that are available to you. For example, YouTube Gaming, you go live on YouTube Gaming, it then can save the uh, video following that straight to your YouTube channel. The subscriptions are intertwined. So if a person follows you during a live stream, it follows on your YouTube channel. Um, there's you know sub buttons, those are available on Twitch and YouTube Gaming. So there's some cross things that you'll see, uh, but really think about what is your long-term strategy for your content and what are your end goals as a content creator? Do you want to you know be a, a, a YouTube personality? Do you want to build a base on YouTube? Do you want to go on to Twitch and build this fan base that's primarily focused on your live content, then you can eventually bridge that to a host personality that you can transition to either Twitch events or esports or whatever it might be. Each one has their own type of base and community around that. I guess if you guys could think of you know Twitch, YouTube gaming, we'll see what Beam becomes, but between those two, what types of communities exist on those platforms currently that you can think of? Like what would how would you describe those communities currently? between Twitch and YouTube gaming. Like for example, like if I look at Twitch, it's very competitive currently. Mm-hmm. It's people who want to see battles happening in uh, League of Legends or they want to see it happen in Street Fighter or whatever I, it might be. I think Twitch is actually a little bit more broad than that based on what I've seen. There are a lot of people streaming that are more competitive oriented, but there are like the, sh- the speedrunning community has taken a very strong like mm-hmm. uh, lean into Twitch and uh, those guys aren't necessarily as competitive as it is about like personal competition like competing with themselves you know um, obviously like trying to get world records and stuff but it's not like a direct like head-to-head competition type thing um, and a lot of people who uh, are part of that community tend to be pretty like well-spirited versus a lot of the, com- the competitive communities out there mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, to be honest I'm not like the the YouTube gaming uh, community I don't have like a ton of experience with it because like there are so many different types of streaming channels going on there at any given time it's kind of hard to like pinpoint what the community is like there mm-hmm. I think this is gonna sound strange but I think for the most part the YouTube gaming community is made up of youtubers it's people like Clintus who had already a pretty strong audience on YouTube from his vlogging channel, from his gaming channel, and just leveraged that to start streaming. And he's doing incredibly well on YouTube gaming. And now he's using that to kind of branch over to Twitch because he realized that 
the community on Twitch is more, it's stronger for the Destiny titles than it is on YouTube Gaming. So for some titles he'll be streaming on YouTube Gaming, some he'll be streaming on Twitch, and he'll kind of bounce back I, and forth. I've noticed that as well. I've, uh, Rich Alvarez actually does all of his Overwatch streams strictly on Twitch, but then he does other streams on YouTube Gaming, so he kind of splits his focus So it seems like bit. it's by title too that it... Yeah, like I think maybe certain games are better received on different platforms, because that's the kind of stuff that people are searching for. And that's, and that's probably a good thing to look at, is the front pages of both platforms, you can see what is currently being streamed, what is actually being streamed. Um, I know a thing that oftentimes when I'm working with just YouTube-centric content creators, it's what you want to look for is high potential search volume, low competition. So if a lot of people are playing League of Legends in that hour, I recommend playing a different title. Because let's say a person's getting tired of watching Pro Streamer X on League of Legends, but they might so happen to like a crossover title. Let's say it's another MOBA like a Smite, or it might be uh, Dota or something like that. Whatever is a similar, or Heroes of the Storm would probably be an easier one to translate to. Mm -hmm. um, playing a title that's similar enough, but has a lower uh, number of streamers currently playing that title would probably be a better strategy to go in with right off the bat. Uh, but definitely looking at the titles that people are playing, what are some of the uh, nostalgia-focused titles that I've seen get really good pickup, not only in speedrunning community, but some people just like, you know what, I just feel like watching Super Mario Brothers for a little bit because it's less tense, I can just relax, I can eat dinner and do that. Speaking of eating dinner, they have a eating section <laughs> yeah, on Twitch. Yeah, they Twitch. do, they're yeah. branching into a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah so their creative section has actually got a lot of really cool stuff. Tim, you can set up an eating channel in your Speedo. There you go. Speed eating. I don't even have to take Speed <laughs> Speedo. Are you, done? Are, you good? Are you good at eating? And I'll eat Cheerios. I suspect there's going to be a Speedos. massive drop-off at this point in the podcast. No, no, no. As soon as we share the image of him and his Speedo <laughs> eating Cheerios, it's going to definitely pick It'll up. break the internet. So that's the thing. is like... Uh, on each of the platforms, don't feel like, even if you are a centric gamer, that all your programming must be associated with playing strictly games. Because if any, the major reaction I get when I go to the VidCons of the world and all these different events, when you ask, why do you watch? It's typically, I find them relatable. I feel like I can mm -hmm. hang out with the guy. I like them. You know, it's that yeah, type of reaction. The personality aspect's a big part, too. But also think about, like, weird little anomalies, too. Nobody expected that many people to tune into reruns of Bob Ross Bob right. on Twitch mm. when they did that marathon. So sometimes people are just looking for something different. So you yeah. don't be afraid to give that to them. Right. Um, so this actually will bridge into the next question that we received. How long should my content be? So that we can look at both streaming and creating the ancillary video content that would eventually go on YouTube. You know, there's many theories over time where I've heard shorter content's better because people will watch the full thing. And then if I look at gaming content, there's videos that are upwards 15 minutes long, 30 minutes long, filled with mid-rolls. How long should my content be? Let's say I'm starting out on the platform, how long should it be? That's a tricky question because there's really no is. right answer. Yeah. And as we know, YouTube recently switched over to favoring watch time and watch percentage over anything else on the, in their algorithm. So if you have a five minute video, let's, let's go even numbers. If you have a 10 minute video, but it's only being watched three minutes, only 30%, it's not gonna do very well in the search algorithm. So it's probably never gonna show up when people are searching for that game. But if you have a 25 minute video, that's not an even number. If you have a 30 minute video, but people are watching 25 minutes of it, that's gonna be heavily favored. I, I think that Ooh. it depends on what 
what you're doing, right. like what games you're playing or what content you're kind of putting out mm. there. I would say the best way, because watch time is becoming such a big focus, the best way to do it would be to experiment a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Try to try to do different things uh, in regards to how much time you use, maybe make highlight reels, do some long play type stuff, uh, carry over your streams into your channel, and then like after about a week, look at your analytics and see which ones performed best, what the high points of the viewership were. You can kind of pinpoint what stuff people are looking out for in your streams at that point based on when the watch times spike and when they drop off. And then you can kind of build your content a little bit better that way. It's not such an easy question as being like, jump into it and make 10 minute videos. That's that's the answer, 10 minute yeah. videos. You, like, you really kind of have to play with it a little bit and figure out what your audience is liking and what they're not liking and build your content around that. And one thing that's super important is making sure all of your metadata and your thumbnails accurately represent what the content is going to be. Yeah. Because if you know 80% of users click on the video because it has a good looking person on the thumbnail, but then you know, Tim is on the video. Hey, they're gonna drop off very quickly, and your opposite. watch time is gonna tank. <laughs> well, I mean, it depends on what they're searching you for. Click into it. It depends <laughs> on what they're searching for. If they're looking for Tim eats Cheerios in a speedo, then a definitely. Speedo. And if the thumbnail is you in a speedo for. eating Cheerios, Cheerios yeah. and then the video is you doing that exact action, yeah. I feel fulfilled because I clicked yeah. exactly yeah. for what I want. I mean, like it's it's kind of what uh, it's it's that that clickbait mentality that exists yeah. on the internet. Oh wait, Eddie, I'm getting the views by clicking on that thing. Yeah, that yeah, bait is cool. great. Yeah, it, it, it's really cool in the short term, but if you're trying to build a sustainable business, you don't want to do something that's going to alienate an audience. People are going to catch on. And mm -hmm. a fun thing to note is like what, what Howard just mentioned is the overall watch time, audience retention, all that's being associated with um, what actually pays out in terms of ads and placement, stuff like that. Not every view is monetized. Yeah. So if you see people with millions of views, it's a clickbait title, more than likely they didn't make all that much money off of that because person clicks in, within 10 seconds, they mm -hmm. leave. And YouTube pays very much attention to that across the board, and they honestly try to fight against that. It is against their terms of service to bait. Well, also, mm -hmm. like, something to mention as well, uh, YouTube Red. It, yeah. Isn't the payout, the split from a YouTube Red subscription based on the amount of watch time from those people? So yes. you have to factor mm -hmm. them into what you're making now, too. And that, like, So views are pretty much out the window when you're factoring in someone who's paying for a YouTube subscription and yeah. watching content. With and them. keep in mind, the payouts for YouTube Red views are typically going to be higher than payouts for non-YouTube Red View, so you really want to make sure that watch time and watch percentage is as high as you can possibly get it. All right, so big big things for them to look at are audience retention. Uh, there's a graph in your analytics that you could look into for that. Um, I think on Twitch you can also see what's your average concurrent viewership during a broadcast. You want to look at, okay, well, am I maintaining you know, 30 people? Am I only getting two people in here? Are there two people that I do have incredibly active? These are all things that you want to be looking at when you're doing your programming. And then when you're looking at audience retention graphs, where are the spikes? Is there something you said during your video? Is there something you showcased in your video and people are like, ooh, I like like that or like they like that moment replicate that find ways that you can incorporate more of that if that's something you're into if it was a bad choice and you're just noticing people really liked it and you don't want to do that I'm not telling you to do that <laughs> uh, like if, if you're eating Cheerios in your speedo and you okay, all of a sudden okay. accidentally spill milk all over yourself and that gets a lot of views. I'm not saying go pour milk Probably all over yourself. Yeah, enjoy, enjoy the views that you got in that moment in time. And, maybe and accept next time that maybe it wasn't something milk. that worked for you, you know? <laughs> you might want to try a sippy cup. 
Or a sippy cup. Yeah. Less spills. <laughs> and a bonnet. And a bonnet. <laughs> Spill content could be big. Who knows? I, I, There's I, a market I for it, I'm sure. There's a uh, market for everything. I don't want to go down that dark hole. <laughs> I really don't. Um, looking at uh, uh, streaming, have you experimented with any different hours of streaming? Like, should I stream for a half hour my first go? Should I stream for an hour? Should I marathon it? Because I know people do the six hour, 24 hour That's marathons crazy. and get huge views. Just stream at four o'clock in the morning. For, well, this is actually something not a that, terrible idea. Not a terrible idea, because here's here's the thing. When I was mentioning um, Melanie, do that. Yeah, but my yeah, one of my clients, awesome friend of mine, uh, Melanie Mack. Uh, we've been experimenting a lot lately because one of the things we were looking at is you know we want to go high search volume, low competition. If you stream during peak hours, where the lead mm-hmm. famous you know streamers like the Swifters, or if you go into the people, well, streamer house is on twenty four seven. But if you look at you know is IGN doing a show at a peak time? Are there competitions occurring at peak times? I wouldn't recommend going on air during peak times. Um, and one thing we experiment with is she broadcasts at eleven p.m. And she broadcasts from 11 p.m. till sometimes the 5 o'clock hour, 6 o'clock hour. And that's because the peak streamers are sleeping. There is an audience ready to watch and who want to engage in content. So she's experimenting that and she's getting solid viewership gains from streaming at those hours. When does she sleep? She doesn't. Okay. (laughs) Uh, That's something we're talking about. But, you know, when you're looking at your (laughs) streaming schedule... What are hours that you can do? What are some hours that you think, oh, there's a gap in here, or there's not too many people on the air that you could potentially fill that fits with your schedule? Um, but don't feel the need to do six to eight hours at any given yeah. time. I Give would, them a good show. Yeah, I would definitely say that like you shouldn't limit yourself to like really short shows, though, because especially when you're first starting out, like you're not going to be discovered right away by everybody. You know, so you gotta you gotta make sure that you stick it out a little bit. You can't look at your views and see that you only have like two or three people watching and get discouraged by that. You really kind of like have to stretch it out. Six hours, maybe not so much, unless you really want to stream for six hours. But like, go go at least an hour if you're gonna sit down and stream. Like, dedicate at least an hour to it. Do you think it makes sense to start out streaming like the same times every day or every week, or like just well, do whenever? It's kind of like the YouTube strategy. I'd say schedules help people know when you're going to be available. Yeah. And so that's important, but make sure that fits with what you're trying to do. If you're going to be really sporadic about it, then make sure you've got an audience that's going to be available when you're available. Right. Yeah. And along those same lines, I was going to bring up marketing. Marketing is so important. If you have an audience anywhere, whether it's on Twitter or YouTube or Facebook or uh, MySpace, Make sure you're letting them know that you're going to be streaming at X date. Probably give them a, you know, a few days heads up and just keep that marketing going. That way they're following you on Twitch or following you on YouTube gaming, wherever it might be, and they're waiting for it. And remember, it's a conversation, not a megaphone when you're doing that. Um, because when you're, when you're promoting it, especially to your bases of your audience, your audience might be your friends, might be your family to get them in and hang out with you. Mm-hmm. Building an event around it allows them to be a part of your conversation. Encourage them to join your stream that you might be doing. If it's a multiplayer title, get them in the match with you. So now they're a part of the mix with you. you know, I've done a few matches with Howard, and he's taking play of the game. He's stealing my show. And you know what? He's, oh. getting, he's getting people interested in him as a result That's of that. That's why you don't play games with Howard. Yeah, because he's very good at them. He's very good. <laughs> 
good as, uh, as good know. many, many, many characters. Every time he gets it, he gets play of the game. So I'm, he's just major skill sets. But encourage <laughs> people to join you in your stream. Give them lead time. Create the, you know, what I, I refer to, I think back in the past, the same bat time, same bat channel. Uh, shout out that the announcer would do in the 60s Batman series. It's just like, that works. Making a schedule that people can adhere to and feel like, oh, I can tune in at this given point and you will be there. That's a huge uh, trust thing that you can build with your audience that will get them to return time and time again. I love the point of encouraging conversation because one thing that's worked well for me when I, you know, during this transition to a game streamer, because traditionally, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a Photoshop instructor. So the majority of my audience are people who are looking for Photoshop content or whatever it might be or know me for that and not necessarily gaming. So when I do my gaming streams, Often on Twitter, when I'm promoting it, I'll say, come, you know, I'm streaming Overwatch or whatever, come join me for a chat. And that'll kind of tell my audience, oh, well, he might be playing Overwatch, but he might also talk to me. And more often than, than not, I'm looking at the comments in between matches or whatever it might be, or when I die very often, um, you know, I'm chatting with my followers. Well, like a good example of that, too, I brought him up in the last podcast, but Carl Sagan42, oh, like, yeah. He answers science questions. Like, if you can do something like yeah. that, if you have expertise while you're playing these games, don't be afraid to share that with people. Ooh. Because it, even if it's not the same kind of content, like, That's people might be into that, you know? Ooh. So, like, he'll, he'll sit there and people will ask questions. I don't understand what's being said, but yeah. fancy <laughs> words are being spoken, and I like listening to them, so I enjoy that, you know? And if you can do the same kind of thing, consider doing that as well. Another thing that I, I found success, and I keep bringing myself up, but... Um, you know, during this transition again, what I, what I was doing to promote my Twitch stream was I was creating Photoshop tutorials around gaming subjects, like creating the Overwatch logo. Because I have to imagine that some of my followers are gamers, and if I kind of, you know, if, if I make a video of just Overwatch, they probably wouldn't like it very much. But if I create a Photoshop tutorial creating something in gaming and then send them over to Twitch, now we're kind of getting the best of both worlds. So if you do have an audience that's typically not gaming, find that nice little balance and then use that for marketing. That, I like that. That's a, a similar. And then if you, let's say you create sketch content or other content on YouTube, something that you can do and you have the rights to do because it is your content, you can do a viewing party that you can turn into a mini game series. So like, for example, it's just, I'm of age, I'm not encouraging drinking and stuff like that. But we do do a, because uh, I was a part of a group uh, with Saturday morning breakfast cereal, we would do the Saturday morning breakfast cereal drinking game. And Tim can be part of this. And you can be part in of your this. speed. Up. I will exactly. be there. It's all coming together. Uh, and, and you know, we would watch our sketches <laughs> live on Twitch. People could watch with us our sketches, and we do director's commentary and stuff like that. Yeah. We turned it into a drinking game. You don't have to. I highly recommend it if you're underage. Don't do that. Um, no, but you can you drink know, something now. Virgin breath. Uh, exactly. Or, or you could there you, you can do uh, cooking while you watch your content <laughs> and converse. You know, there's different ways you can. Yeah. Uh, once again, eventizing your stream. How can you gamify it? How can you include them as part of the conversation, as part of the content? Uh, so yeah, I mean, that's, you know, our thoughts on that section. Mm -hmm. um, what, uh, what are you guys playing right now? Aside from No Man's Sky, which we are, you know, a bit in, what else are you playing right now? Are you playing anything right now? I have still been playing Overwatch and Uncharted. Still haven't finished Uncharted. A good, like, four weeks in, haven't finished it. Oh, I'm not dude. good at gaming. Uh -huh. Um, but I've been contemplating trying to get like a basic streaming rig for my PS4 
and my need to ha- get advice from a you guys. streaming rig or not stream not a stream like a this camera. is why he's a bad gamer <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> something to capture it is I need what he's a, trying to I say. think okay. I need a camera and a headset well, okay. that's, well that's a start in our last video in our last podcast we yeah. talked about cameras we did yeah so you so should I listen to, to that, that one okay I'll, so I'll listen to that one. one yeah make sure you where do I what do I listen to that on uh fullscreenarcade.com the internet okay I'll it's a good place out. to go. Build <laughs> and then tubes. I was looking at headsets today on Amazon, and it's hard because they're like from like a hundred bucks, and then there's some that are like twenty, and they look exactly the same. And I don't know what to do. All right. Well, we're gonna do an entire podcast on how to build out your rig, and we will go. Maybe we'll do a travel one where we go yeah. to like a Fry's Electronics or some other store, mm. and we walk through do with they you. Have fries anymore? Yeah, yes. they totally do. <laughs> I was just I, that one last week. Really? I, I yeah. live by the one wow. in Anaheim. That's got like a spaceship in the middle of it. Oh my That's God. awesome. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go on an adventure okay. and we will pick out your perfect streaming rig that. with our recommendations. So I think that'd be fun. Eddie, what are you playing right now? Uh, I finally got a chance to start putting some time into Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight. I'm a big DuckTales NES uh, fan and this game was developed by guys from WayForward Technologies that split off, started their own company and made, it's kind of like a love letter to DuckTales I would say, like you're a knight, you got a shovel, bounce on the shovel, kill bad guys. (laughs) Really, really, like the the character design is really cool, music's super, super, super good Um, and uh, it's got like a very retro feel so I've I've been playing a lot of that and then uh, still putting time in my uh, living Pokedex on uh, Pokemon Omega Sapphire. No, Alpha Sapphire. Alpha Sapphire. I've been putting a lot of time into that. I'm like 400 hours into that right now. So. Wow. That's a lot of time. That's for that. a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, Pokemon Go had an update a few days ago. It introduced an appraisal feature, so I played that for four minutes. Um, and then I moved on, like... Like I do. <laughs> I did hop into Overwatch a few days ago because there was a new map on the PTR, Eichenwald, which mm-hmm. is based in Germany, which is actually home of Bastion. Yeah. And there's actually oh, yeah. like a broken down Bastion or one of the mechs in the map, which is absolutely beautiful. I kind of want, you know, a weird part of me wants Blizzard to completely redo World of Warcraft using this engine. Because wow. it is so... Beautiful. I know they probably can't convert the current World of Warcraft over, but I don't know. It's just, it's incredible. Yeah, we're, we're in due for uh, World of Warcraft 2 about now. We are. BlizzCon is a few <laughs> months away. You never <laughs> know. And we're about a week away from the uh, next expansion coming out. So. Oh, yeah. So. What is it, like four days, I think? Yeah, Legion. I already played the pre-content on that. So mm-hmm. I did invest some time into why I played the, the pre-content, which is honestly the best pre content for any expansion I've ever experienced. Oh, I haven't done that yet. It's incredibly aggressive. It's it's heartbreaking. Characters die. I won't oh. say who. What's it's the max like, level you can get now? Uh, it will be going up to 110. And someone will have that in like three hours. Internet might, could, <laughs> might, might correct me on that one, but currently it's 100. It might be 105. I think it's 110. I think it's 110. Um, so it's awesome. It looks beautiful. You can play now as a demon knight. Uh, so that's going to be a huge thing. Demon Hunter. Demon Hunter. No, wait. Not Demon Hunter. No. No, what is it? What's his name? It's the same thing oh. as... Uh, oh, jeez. As everything just falls out of... Illidan is a... What do you call it? Oh, witch. My, my... No, it's not a witch. Burn him. Cool. Here we go. As my, as my lizard uh, fanboy just immediately falls apart. An orc. No. Um, Incorrect. An elf. 
Demon Hunter. Yes, I was Demon right. Hunter. Okay, you're right. I was thinking Demon. Yeah, was it? I was uh, second guessing myself. I know exactly. I had a, I had <laughs> a moment. You know better. Oh, I had never a moment. second guessing yourself. I was shaking, uh, shivering. Yeah, that night was the <laughs> In other a corner. one. Um, so yeah, so I, I played a bit of that. It's awesome. Definitely recommend Overwatch. Of course, playing a bit. Uh, WWE 2016 is available on uh, Xbox for free right now. So I mm. created my cat. I was just about to ask, yeah. when is Dottie going to become the next WWE superstar? She is awesome, and I put a video of her up on my Twitter with her entrance. So if you want to see <laughs> Dottie Sparkles as a diva in uh, WWE 2016, it is up on my Twitter uh, at Kawaii Guy LA. So. Um, we're playing a lot of titles. If you want to play with us, feel free to add us. We'll have our uh, handles on the front page of the website. You can hang out with us, play with us whenever. We'd love for you to join in our broadcast. Uh, how else can they find us? So you can find me on Twitter, uh, at KawaiiGuyLA, as well as on Instagram and Twitch. Everything is being converted over to KawaiiGuyLA. Uh, Tim, where can they find you aside from the beach? Bad Gamer Tim. He on finally Twitter got and Twitch. Mm-hmm. I haven't done anything on Twitch. Yeah. I've only tweeted Where's like your twice. Instagram, man? I, I want to see some pictures of those those beautiful sunsets. Those beautiful sunsets and Cheerios. Bowls of Cheerios. Bowls of Cheerios. Those beautiful sunsets. Sippy, sippy cups. Let's see your uh, outfits of the day. Str- Which different entire streaming you're rigs for my PS4. Yeah. You know, take the pictures the of all these things. I would like all of them. Okay. Um, I have a feeling Tim's going to be the most popular of all of us. <laughs> probably. Of, yeah. Probably. Um, I'm on everything as Collectifile. Love, love my social media. Very active I'm on, on Instagram. I'm on Twitter as Pinsky and some things as Iceflow Studios, but moving away from that. But yeah. find me on Twitter. Awesome. And we will see you all. Uh, well, you'll hear us. I'm not going to see anybody. No. You'll hear us all next time. No, uh, they'll see podcast. us eventually. They'll see us eventually on the streams and everything. Eventually. Eventually. Some eventually. point. When we decide to show our faces. Exactly. Uh, Inaugural stream, Shower With Your Dad Simulator 2015. Oh, boy. Who's Your Daddy? You guys aren't going to want to miss it. It's going to be great. I think I might want to miss that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. I'm so uncomfortable right now. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And uh, we'll see you next time here on Walls Green Arcade. Ciao. Bye. Bye. See ya.